Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. This is part two of our week-long series where we're going over our rankings, leading you right up until National Draft Weekend, which is Labor Day weekend, uh, the last weekend of summer. So let's get right into it. Waste no time. Our number one, We're going to be going over wide receivers today, uh, our top 25 wide receivers to be more specific. And our number, one, our number one wide receiver is Antonio Brown because of course it is. Because we're contrarians. <laughs> I mean, if you Antonio Brown has been putting up uh, top, he was either been the top or the second best wide receiver in each of the last four seasons in fantasy. Uh, it's pretty simple. Get him. Yeah, it's stupid not to rank Antonio Brown first. Yeah. All right, moving on. Wait, this is where I want to talk. Yes. To you, Tim. Talk to me, kid. Because you know I have Nukas two. Jason has Nukas two. I have him. At three. I mean, you have Nukas two. Jason has OBJ as two. Okay. And then I see that you have OBJ at four. I do. How? How? Because I think Michael Thomas is going to be. I think Michael Thomas ends up. Let's 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 talk one person at a time. All right, and I'll I'll make it clear. DeAndre Hopkins is our number two, our consensus number two. Actually, Jason has him at number Jason, three. Yep. Um, last year he played great, even though Deshaun Watson was out. This year he comes back. Deshaun Watson is back. How do you guys see Nuke performing this year? He had 1,400 yards last year and 13 touchdowns, and that was with Deshaun Watson for, what, six, seven games? Tops? The rest was with Tom Savage. He, I mean, uh, yeah, Tom Savage. He's literally shown that he could play with any quarterback except Brock Osweiler. That's he, how bad Brock Osweiler is. He finished, as a court, he finished as the wide receiver one overall in against San Francisco in week... 14, <laughs> which is going to give you in your first round of your playoffs a victory. And then he finished as the wide receiver 13 and against Jacksonville and the wide Not receiver easy. 8. He caught a touchdown. With absolute scrub storing him the ball. This is a guy who is almost quarterback proof. Except Brock Osweiler. He's Brock Osweiler proof. Yeah, Not except Brock Osweiler. But now you're giving him a guy that Dabo Sweeney says is the Michael Jordan of the NFL and has, no, has done nothing to say otherwise. Yeah, he was a beast last year. In relation to the people around him, last season was his career year, obviously, and his per-game numbers were OBJ's average numbers. OBJ's career average per game was DeAndre Hopkins last year in a career year. That's why I have OBJ higher. Interesting. So you have OBJ higher. So OBJ, by the way, just signed the brand spanking new contract earlier today. Yeah, he did. Do you see that the video was super cool that, of them dancing? In at the, Veterans Minimum, cheap plug on Instagram. Oh, room. it was on Sterling Shepard's uh, inst- uh, IG story. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. But, yeah, uh, OBJ is your number two. So, Jason, why OBJ over Nuke? I mean, I kind of just touched on it. OBJ is uh, possibly the best wide receiver ever on a per-game basis in NFL history when it comes to yards and touchdowns. And what we look at when we talk about receivers, health has been the only issue, but right now he's healthy and – I've never been scared off by health when drafting. I just I see why some people do, but I think drafting scared is not drafting correctly and I like going for upside and I think OBJ oh, yeah. if he's healthy for 16 games and puts up the numbers that he's put up in his career on a per game basis, he's going to have one of the best seasons ever and he has way better uh like he's going to be targeted 10 to 15 times a game. Michael Thomas is obviously a beast, but, like, they have the running game there. They have other weapons around him. 
I know the Giants have other weapons around them too, but OBJ has been the guy for the past three years. It's going to be the same thing. I just I don't I don't see how you can rank Michael Thomas ahead of him. Here's why I have Michael Thomas as the third ranked. And, he, and by the way, the the way that we have it ranked in the overalls is uh, Antonio Brown, Nuke, OBJ, and then Michael, Michael Thomas. Thomas. The reason why I have Michael Thomas personally at three, and I was thinking about putting him at two, and I decided not to. Michael Thomas ended the year extremely strong last year. Uh, in the last four fantasy weeks, he's finished as a, as a wide receiver one three different times. Uh, he is in the best shape of his career. Also, he's going into his third year, which is traditionally the breakout year for wide receivers and running back skill position type guys. On top of that, Drew Brees can't stop saying great things about him. On top of that, there is other options in that backfield. And, I mean, I'm sorry, on that team, including in the backfield. And with Mark Ingram out, not only is Kamara going to see an uptick in, in targets, but I think that goes throughout the entire team. And if they're coming in to block Kamara, Michael Thomas is going to be wide, more wide open than ever. And I think it took him a little while last year to find his role on that team. And at the end of the year, he finally found it, and he produced big time for your squad. I mean, I get what you're saying, but I'm a little confused by it. I, Michael Thomas had his role. He just ended up producing a little more at the end of the season. I mean, if he had more touchdowns, people would be arguing that he could go as a second receiver. And that's and that's mm-hmm. another reason why I'm arguing that. I think his touchdown potential. The only thing, is Michael much Thomas higher. is a little more boring than the other receivers. He's not the yak guy that they are. Okay, fine. Yeah, but he's he not is as explosive. Quote but, unquote. But now Michael it's his Thomas third year, isn't the guy that takes a slant to the house. But now it's his third year. But it's that's not going to make him faster. Is uh, why not? He's in the best shape of his life. Yeah. Why he, can't I mean, we're why can't he here? We have right. fourth. Yeah. But I mean, I think that Michael Thomas is going to work his way into the first round next year. But by the end of this year, I don't think over OBJ. I feel like the top four, like wide receivers, are stay are the same as the top four running backs. Where if you get any one of these four guys, you're going to be really happy at the end of the year. I'd argue that agreed. The next two guys on our list, we have fifth Julio Jones, sixth Keenan Allen. Me and Michael have them in that order. You have them swapped, and I think that's a little insane. Keenan Allen in his best season ever. Agreed. Put up last season, what, 1,300 yards and six touchdowns or something? Julio Jones subtract a few touchdowns, and that's his. That's what he does. That's what he's done for, like, years now. 1,400 yards is, like, what he does in his sleep. He's had 1,400 yards four years in a row. The problem with the problem with Julio Jones is the up and down inconsistency. Yes, but if you're looking at him and Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, you can't bank on fourteen hundred yards in health, and he's not a touchdown machine either. I think you can bank on health. He had thirteen hundred ninety three yards last year, Keenan Allen. Fine, even if you, even if he's healthy all season, that was the best season of his career. Was thirteen hundred and six. That's Julio Jones puts up fourteen hundred in his sleep four and years in a row. He's guaranteed. A, 140 points just from yards. And he's had at least six touchdowns every year besides last year we had three. So the touchdowns are going to go up. He's not going to have three touchdowns again. Keenan Allen also gets 30% of his team's targets. And so does Julio. I f- think. No. No. And Phillip Rivers is never afraid to go to Keenan Allen in the end zone. He's never afraid to go to Keenan Allen at any time. And Keenan Allen's best games came at the end of the year last year. And I, I like to see that progression. I like to see, like, all right, he's gaining that momentum into the next season. Keenan Allen won people leagues last year. Phillip Rivers also was a much better quarterback, according to passer rating, when Hunter Henry's on the field. And he's not there anymore, so he could struggle a little bit more. 
Listen, all I I'm think saying, Mike Williams takes over Hunter Henry's role. All I'm saying is, you talked about tiers. I think Julio Jones is in there with the rest of them, and then there's a little drop off once you start with Keenan Allen. You can't. I, I agree as well. You can't tell me that Julio Jones, a guy that Puts let me get let me get yards every he's, year. No okay, other wide receiver has ever ever done that. His last season was the only one he hasn't had six touchdowns in how long? Since. Ever. He also crapped your t- he also hurt twenty thirteen year. He also finished outside of the top three wide receivers and by a long shot. Some one of them sixty ninth, one of them seventy first. He finished outside yeah, he got four separate games. times. He finished as a wide receiver three, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. He only gave you wide receiver one or two production last year. One, two, three, four, five times all year. Do you forget that Keenan Allen was not even that good for the first, like, eight weeks of the season? I don't. I traded him. All right, pull that up for Keenan Allen then. So I don't understand why you're talking about that and you're not going to talk about Keenan Allen, who... Because that's a consistent problem and with Julio, Julio Jones, Jones. missed a couple games, didn't he? Or he would leave after, like, the first quarter. And That's another consistent no... problem with Julio Jones. And he still puts up four Keenan Allen, yards. Keenan Allen finishes as, a, as a, for a top wide receiver better than wide receiver five. Four times. The equivalent Dude. that Julio Jones even finishes a wide receiver one. And at two out of the first four weeks, he finishes a wide receiver two or better. He had Keenan Allen had one touchdown in the first 10 weeks. And he still finishes the wide receiver 19, in those 13, weeks. 8, 33, and 30. Yes, because he had huge games where he had 159 yards, 172, 133, just like Julio Jones did. Right, but he do- he isn't as inconsistent because he gets the team's targets. There's games where Julio Jones will be will catch three passes. Keenan There's going to be barely a wide receiver. Keenan Allen had two at some point Keenan in Allen the beginning had of last season. 14 more receptions than Julio Jones last year. Look, he and had Julio was hurt. One, two, three, four. Points. He had five games where he finished outside the top three wide receivers. Five. That's the same as Julio. All right. Except he didn't crap your team every other time. These other guys are. He's killing you when he's finishing as a wide receiver three. No, he's not. Keenan Allen finishes a wide receiver one. Four out of the last seven weeks. We're aware. We know. And in the, in the beginning he of the, the year, he well. also he also finishes but the wide receiver two or better. Small sample sizes. No, I'm not. I'm telling you. you gotta cons- look at careers. I'm looking at consistency. And last time, and you can't you can't you say Keenan Allen. Julio Jones. Julio Jones. That's his middle name. He's consistently inconsistent. Oh my god. He for the last few years, Julio Jones has been absolutely up and down. He will finish with three receptions. Don't say all the, the last time. few years. Three years ago, he had eighteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns. Be, I just want everyone to know when I talk about the Falcons, just completely take that Kyle Shanahan Super Bowl year out as an outlier. Everything about the Falcons that year was an outlier. What do you mean that was two years ago? It was an outlier. Julio Jones had eighteen hundred yards the year before that. Okay. That's not an outlier. Look, if you want, if you're trying to tell me, like, I have him at six, right? So if you're trying to get me to say Julio Jones sucks, no. But I'd rather have the it's consistency kind of, of Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen over him. No, I'm not. <laughs> I just don't. Uh, see I will bet awesome. you right now that Keenan Allen ends with more fantasy points than Julio Jones. I will does. absolutely take that deal. Look All at right. Julio you Jones. Got, you want some of that bet, Jason? Season. You want some of that bet? Julio Jones over Keenan Allen. Yeah, I love man. that bet. All right, yeah, I'm give me it. Write it down. Every day of the week. All right, our notes. I am going to rub this in your face when I win. Anyway, this is the worst take you've ever had. So now it might be. So now the twins think that I have because I have Keenan Allen one spot (laughs) different from them. It's the worst take ever. So let's go on to a different one. AJ Green comes in at seven for both me and Jason. Michael has him at nine. Um, What do you say, Michael? Why are you a little bit down on Green? 
It's not that I'm down on green. I'm just higher up on Devontae Adams and Doug Baldwin. Okay. I like the situations. Green obviously is a beast, and he had a quote-unquote down year last year, which was still almost 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. So that's basically his floor. So you're drafting him. You know you're getting a top 10 receiver. Um, but he still has Andy Dalton. He still has a mediocre offensive line protecting Dalton. He The the Bengals are not going to be a very competitive team, I don't expect, this year. And you got guys like Devontae Adams and Doug Baldwin, who I think are going to get targeted a ridiculous amount of times with two of the best quarterbacks in the league. So it's not you're down on A.J. Green, you're just up on those guys. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about A.J. Green a little bit, though. I really like A.J. Green's opportunity this year. Uh, he played well last year, kind of fell into the backdrop because that offense was so wildly uh, inefficient. They were 31st in plays per drive last year, so they were going three and out constantly over and over and over again. A lot of that had to do with the failure of the running game and Joe Mixon, but A.J. Green was constantly still there all the time. I think putting the weapons around him like John Ross and Tyler Boyd and maybe a healthy Tyler Arford, maybe. We'll have to see. Um, I think it opens up the, the the game for him a little bit, and I think A.J. Green's in for a, a bigger year than some people may expect. I think the Bengals team as a whole is just a little underrated this year. Do you know what it is about the Bengals? They have a lot of ifs. I mean, yeah, but like you said, last season they were like historically slow. They were really bad. Historically little amount of plays. Andy Dalton isn't as bad as he was last year. The yeah. offensive line improved. John Ross is healthy now. AJ Green's a good pick. They still have a mediocre at best defense too. Uh, I'm I'm not a Bengals guy. Uh, all right, so AJ Green is our seventh overall receiver, followed by Devontae Adams. Me and Michael have him at eight. Jason at nine. Uh, I like Devontae Adams because he is Aaron Rodgers' number one target. I think it's really as simple as that. It's a little too touchdown dependent for me. I think, I think that's in the past, though. Yeah, I think that changes as well this he's year. He's never had 1,000 yards. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. He's never played with no one else. He's always been the number two guy. What do you mean? Yeah, and he was always a bum. Not until He wasn't Come good on. until this like isn't two three years, years ago. ago. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't good until two years and ago. And then the last two years, he's been getting burned every game, and he hasn't passed 1,000 yards. But Come he was on, also man. the number two receiver. There's there there has to be something to be said that Jordy Nelson was next to him. You can't act like that didn't happen. But now you're acting like there's not going to be other receivers next Dude, to him. Dude, Geronimo Allison. But Come they on. take the Devontae Adams role. Randall Jason, Cobb, this is very yeah, simple or Devontae football. Adams stays in his role. He's not going to. Why stay? would he stay in his role? You think Geronimo Allison is going to take over Jordy Nelson's yeah, role? Geronimo's no, Geronimo's going to end with fourteen hundred yards and twelve touchdowns. Yeah. This year. No, you adjust and you game plan differently. They're going to spread the ball out more this year, obviously. They don't have their star receiver. But why, how could you say that when he, he had so many? He was such a playmaker for them last year. Ten touchdowns, I believe. Nine, I think. Nine touchdowns. He was such a playmaker for them. Why would they go anywhere else? They've show, they've done nothing but show that he's going to be the number one receiver there. And he put in work with, what's his face, Nick uh, Brett Hundley at quarterback, too. It's not even like he was Aaron He Rogers had ten touchdowns last year. I don't year. have the numbers on hand, but I'm pretty sure he was better with the Hunley than Aaron Rodgers last year. So why is that a bad thing? And that's because Jordy Nelson was still on the team. I just think he's a little too touchdown dependent here. I don't see Devontae Adams is not a guy who's going to have a 1,300 yards by the end of the year. Devontae, 1,300. You want to talk about a guy who... The only people who have a shot at 1,300 basically are Brown, Hopkins, and OBJ, and Julio, and Allen. All right. And AJ Green. (laughs) Top, like, 
Seven. And Doug Baldwin. 1,300 yards is not an easy task. Why, why can't you see... Mike Evans, too, has but, a shot. But why can't you see Doug... Like, why can't you see that? There's... All these receptions that Talk need to go somewhere. Devonte Adams yeah. also has had 22 touchdowns in the past two years. It's funny because we're nitpicking again because we have him at eight and Jason has him at nine. <laughs> I don't like understand right what his... He, <laughs> he came out like he has him ranked 49th. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. He's Jason, definitely not a Des Bryant of last year. Jason is swapping Devonte Adams or Geronimo Allison after, <laughs> after this episode. I don't get it. Like, uh, all right. You He's just two touchdowns dependent from my taste. If you, th- I will bet you that he'll go over 1,100 then. That's a good one. I put in high. my notes, I think 1,107 is a floor. I think seven is a monumental four. I think the monumental four. It's true. Like, what? <laughs> like, you had 12 and 10 the last two years, and now you're going to have an increased role. What give changes? Me, give me 1,150. Okay, I'll give you 1,150. 1,125. 1,150. Right. <laughs> write it down, Mike. 1,150. Right, Devontae Adams, 1,150. I like it. Barring injury. Put barring injury because I'm not about to well, lose. All these, all these are technically barring injury. Then my Jordan Matthews one because I, I bet you that Jordan Matthews is going to be more effective than Tyrell Williams, but that's before the injury. <laughs> nah, that was just dumb. <laughs> that wasn't dumb. Tyrell Williams yeah, going to have 500 yards this year. Watch. <laughs> that guy's going to be a, that guy's going to be useless. Well. Um, oh, we also have a deal that Tyrell is going to be better than Mike Williams. So I can't wait to it. win that one. I can't wait to win that suck one. Suck it, Tim. Um, Devontae Adams is followed by Doug Baldwin, ninth overall. Michael has him at seven. Uh, Jason has him at eight. I am have, have him at 12, not because of anything that I don't see that I like out of Doug Baldwin. I would love Doug Baldwin as my wide receiver one, but he has a knee injury. They already and said he's going to be healthy for week one. I mean, that's what Pete Carroll says about everyone. True. Like, you can't really, uh, you can't really trust a Pete Carroll phrase at all. And... I don't know. I just the injury scares me a bit. That's why I'm at 12. But I mean, if you if Doug Baldwin is your wide receiver one, you take that every single day. He is just dropping down draft boards, and it's mind-boggling to me. He's consistently going in like the middle of the third, late third, and it just makes no sense. Words. Th- there is last time he had this role, he scored 14 touchdowns in the season, led the league in touchdowns, and there are 20 touchdowns up for grabs with the departure of Paul Richardson, Jimmy Graham. And uh, Luke Wilson. Yeah, their goal line back. Jimmy Graham is gone. Someone else <laughs> needs to score those touchdowns. It's true. And, and Doug Baldwin has a history of scoring touchdowns. A lot of people think because Doug Baldwin's a small guy, he doesn't score touchdowns. He's another guy that's been in double-digit touchdowns for, for as long as you can remember. So I think Doug Baldwin here, although I have him at 12, if you pick him here, I understand. Um, our number 10 consensus, Jason has him at 10. Michael and I have him at 11, is Mike Evans. Uh, he's tied with the next guy for 10th. Uh, Mike Ed Evans had a really, in in terms of what people were expecting out of him, I remember he was going in a lot of first rounds in drafts last year. He had a really bust year, mm-hmm. never really got together, was not as effective in the red zone as he was in the past, uh, had a lot of problems. Where remember when he uh, punched Marshawn Lattimore and got suspended for a game. So a lot of inconsistency on Mike Evans, showing a lot of immaturity in only a second year. Uh, but we we all think that Mike Evans is due for a bounce back. What say you? Well, if you believe in patterns, um, so far in his career, it's good year, bad year, good year, bad year. He's like the Irvin Santana. I don't know why you just said second year of the NFL way, last year because it's totally not his second year. But it's okay. You can <laughs> well, slip. What was his third year? While. Last year was his fourth year. Fourth year. Oh, sorry. So if you look at the pattern, good, bad, good, bad. We're looking at good again, and uh, I don't know if he's 
not being drafted a little higher because of the Winston suspension, but Mike Evans has never had a problem playing with Ryan Fitzpatrick. If anything, it helps him a little because us Jets fans know that Ryan Fitzpatrick just pounds the ball to his number one receiver. True. Remember Brandon Marshall a few years ago on the Jets. Man, that was a nice year. So I'm not – Mike Evans should bounce back. Even if he puts up only 1,000 yards again, he'll find the end zone more than he did last year. He has to because, look, in the red zone, he was targeted 19 times only had five reception. In the 10 zone, which is the 10-yard line and forward, one touchdown and one catch. He was targeted nine times. That's 31% of his team's targets in the, in the 10 zone. Yeah. So he got nine opportunities to score a touchdown within the 10, and he only converted one reception and that reception was a touchdown mike evans is another guy that i'm not a big fan of football wise i think it has a lot more to do with volume than skill really he he struggles to separate man he also but he's so big he also drops a lot of balls but like the big corners he struggles against because he can't separate he's just every time he has a big game it's because he's just jumping over people like marshall Lattimore shut him down both times last year because he couldn't get any separation he's not going to catch it over him like, it's just, I'm not a big fan of him as a football player, but I have him as my 11th receiver because he's going to be fed early and often as he's been the last four years. You got to think that he's not going to catch only one target in the red zone this year. I mean, that's ridiculous. You get Regression to the mean is also up as well. You don't have to necessarily regress. So I, I would expect a little regression there. Stefan Diggs is our number 10 receiver, tied. I have him at 9. Uh, Jason and Michael at 11, 11 and 12, respectfully. The only thing that I could say about <laughs> Stefan... Respectively. Respectively, <laughs> excuse me. And respectfully. <laughs> um, the only thing I could Good, say sir. about uh, Stefan Diggs on the bad side is he's always an injury risk. Right? Every time you have him, he's an injury risk. I want to I jump in here because you guys both have Stefan Diggs over Adam Thielen. And I know he's like the, the new young, shiny toy. A, 24 years old compared to Thielen, who's the old... The older, he's 28 years old. The yeah, older, that's totally why we did random that. white guy who came out of nowhere. But I just don't see how you could, and so many people are doing it, rank Stefan Diggs ahead of Adam Thielen this year. Thielen had 1,275 yards last year, 91 receptions, four touchdowns, compared to Diggs, who had 849 yards, eight touchdowns, and 64. Do you receptions. like quality or quantity? I know he was hurt. Adam Thielen wasn't quality. No. He was only quantity. No, but Stefan Diggs. Had a better, uh, had more fantasy points per game last season than Adam Thielen. All right, but Stefan Diggs he also has, has a better rapport so history. far this season with Kirk Cousins in the preseason. That's not true. Adam Thielen, it, Adam Thielen true. is running the slot fifty percent of the time in the preseason so far. Who in the slot is going to guard Adam Thielen? No one. I don't I, know what that argument has to do with Stefan Diggs. I think Adam Thielen's a better play. Here's here's what I think about that. I think that. When you're looking at Stefan Diggs and you're looking at Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen was a favorite for his quarterback, right? He was a favorite for Case Keenum. Now, can we necessarily rely on Kirk Cousins to have the same favorite receiver? I don't think we can. And if you're giving me the option of which receiver is more talented, I think Diggs is the more talented receiver, and I think he has a chance to be Kirk Cousins' favorite. Like Jason said, Kirk Cousins has been favoring him in the preseason, and I think when you have a number one receiver, then you have to prioritize that in a brand new offense with a brand new offensive coordinator and a brand new quarterback. I think a lot of people are underestimating the fact that the Vikings are are a completely different offense than they were last year. 
So I think if you're gonna if you're gonna now I have Thielen ranked thirteenth and Diggs ranked ninth, so I think they're both gonna be effective. But if you're asking me who has the potential to be higher, not counting injury, I think Diggs is the clear choice, in my opinion. I don't think it's that clear. But I mean I mean I have Thielen ten, Diggs twelve. I think they're both gonna be great. I will say this to last year, but if you put Stefan Diggs first forty games up against Antonio Brown's first forty games, the numbers are nearly identical. Oh no, I agree. Stefan Diggs is an absolute beast. He's gonna have a ridiculous career. He's hopefully, a, he's hopefully he stays healthy. I hope he stays healthy because I think we're missing. We we've missed out on some great Stefan Diggs. He gets separation time. so easily, like Antonio Brown style. Adam Thielen comes in at number twelve. Yep. So he's right behind Diggs. We have Diggs and Thielen ranked back to back, which I see on a lot of lists actually. It's like people can't decide to do it, so they just put it back to back. For us, it just or happened it, to or be it that way. Or just happens to be like this for them too. Right. Well. <laughs> sure. No. <laughs> our list don't have them back to back. Jason's does. No, I'm so, saying our overall list has them back to back. Right, but that's because we're adding three together. Most people aren't adding three together. That's what I'm saying. But uh, yeah, Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. We I think we both think that they have a chance to succeed this year. I think Diggs a little more, but Adam Thielen is going to get the targets. I mean, you saw Jamison Crowder and Kirk Cousins hook up out of the slot a lot. So it's not as if. Kirk Cousins doesn't have any type of rapport with a slot receiver throughout his career. Thielen is a slot guy. Right. That's what I said. That's um, now we're oh, talking okay, about okay, yeah, gotcha. now we're talking about Thielen. But also he has he has a rapport going to big time number one receivers too when Deshaun Jackson was there. So we'll we'll oh, see. Oh man, the Minnesota's gonna be fun this year. When Garson and Jackson were there, he fed them regularly. So I Minnesota's gonna be fun to watch. Uh outside of Minnesota, our thirteenth uh overall wide receiver. And I'm much higher on him than you guys are. 14 and 15 are you guys. T.Y. Hilton coming in at 13. I have him ranked number 10. I'll give you why I love him so much in just a second. Jason, first tell me uh, why you have him ranked 14th. I mean, give us some credit. That's not that low. Either. No, no. He's a, So he's a great wide receiver two for you guys. For me, he's a wide receiver one. Yeah. I mean, I'm. but you made it seem like we had him like 20th. Give us some credit because I had him ranked pretty low and then I... Actually drank the Kool-Aid a little bit this time. Just the Kool-Aid. Andrew Luck has actually thrown a real-sized football in an NFL game again. <laughs> so that's why, honestly. Luck has had... Last time they were together, T.Y. Hilton led the league in receiving yards. Luck's... Uh, he's not throwing it as hard as he was prior. I disagree with that. Now I'm going to tell no, you... It's a, it's a fact. Up until yesterday, it was a fact. No, yesterday's he's game He's slaying that ball so hard yesterday. Because he has a good arm. He's always had a good arm. It's still not up to what it was before. So what happens when you don't throw a ball I, for eight? I mean, months. give him a couple of games more than three. I know. I'm just saying. But, but he was not, slinging it around yesterday. But you can't expect him to just come back right away and be a stud after not playing for 18 months. Like I was, there was a, there's like sports doctors who talk about these things on Twitter. And one of them compared to like Carson Palmer. Like the only, like you can't. You never really seen a quarterback come back from an extended absence like this besides Carson Palmer who struggled his year back and then he excelled again the year after that. So Andrew Luck is like an athletic freak who is one of the best quarterbacks in the league when healthy, but it's tough to say that he's just going to come back and be the Andrew Luck he was before he missed a year and a half. I don't think that Andrew Luck needs to be 100% Andrew Luck Andrew Luck for TY Hilton to be a wide receiver one. I think that just the fact that Andrew Luck is there, last time Andrew Luck is there, 91 receptions for, for T.Y. Hilton, almost 1,500 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, he has over 1,000 yards 
in four of the last five seasons. He just missed a thousand last year without luck. So I think T. Y. Hilton by himself is already a a quality receiver. On top of that, you put Andrew Luck and you put him in a situation where he's the only guy. Like, who would you say is the second option on that team? But that's the same. Jack thing Doyle, Doyle, Eric Ebron. Ebron. Both right. So that's so T. Y. Hilton's already his favorite. Plus now there's so many, so much less Ryan around Brent, him. They just gave a contract. Sure, but I could see T. Y. Hilton getting ten targets a game, easy. Yeah, I could see him being used in that offense. And with Andrew Luck throwing the ball, even if it's just eighty percent of Andrew Luck, I'm with that. I'm I'm ready. I'm down. Mark me in. But eighty percent of his career year would be what eleven hundred and four. What? What? Hey, uh, I'm saying eighty percent of luck, yeah, not eighty percent. Eighty percent of luck and know, turn it into eighty percent of Hilton. No, I mean that's not how it works. That's a, that's, that's a bit of a. A bit of a strange comparison. All right, so Timmy could but. just say, "I want eighty percent of luck," <laughs> but I can't say, "Look at eighty percent of his career year." It's gonna be interesting. No. he's an interesting guy <laughs> to follow this year. But I mean, I I, th- I think he'll be a high end wide receiver. I team. would never draft him over Doug Baldwin. Agreed. Nah. Okay. I mean, I mean that's fair if you don't want to do that, but at the moment I would draft him over Doug Baldwin. Uh, Tyreek Hill is our 14th receiver. You guys have him at 13. I have him at 16. Uh, just uh, some quarterback questions really for me, but Tyreek Hill is an absolute animal who will run by anyone. So the big arm could make big plays. It also worries me that Tyreek Hill didn't score a touchdown outside of a th- of 30 yards. I'm sorry, inside of 30 yards last year. That's not his role though. But that is, But that's also something that – is hard to duplicate in terms of fantasy stats. I mean, he did it the year before too, though. But he's been out of the ordinary for the last two years already. Like he's a superstar that we've never really seen before. His style of play. I'm less worried about him than Travis Kelsey with Mahomes. Mahomes is a young quarterback who just wants to show off his arm, and he's killing it with Mahomes this year. Tyreek so Hill far. is the guy to throw it to. Kelsey's the guy I'm concerned about. I think he's being overdrafted. That like 70 yard throw from. Mahomes the hill was just mesmerizing. That was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> that was the longest. That throw, the ball traveled in the air longer than any pass last year in the whole NFL season. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's great. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so Tyreek Hill, so you're saying that his lack of touchdown production doesn't scare you in any way? Not no. really, no. Okay, uh, moving on to Chris Hogan is our number 15. He is the number one in New England, uh, at least for the time being, with Julian Edelman out. Uh, Tom Brady, th- listen to this. Tom Brady at, it completed 25, uh, I'm sorry, 62 25-plus yard passes last season. That was only second to Drew Brees. Brandon Cooks is now out. And you don't usually think of Tom Brady as the guy who likes to uncork the deep balls, but that's exactly what he is. And Chris Hogan, when he was playing last year, was incredibly productive. And now you're talking about him being the number one receiver. This could get uh, beautiful or ugly, depending on how you want to look at it pretty quick. I love me some Chris Hogan this year. Yeah, everything you just said I agree with. He was a wide receiver one last year when he was healthy in the beginning of the year. Why would that change? If anything, the situation's even better. I wish I drafted when he was still going in, like, the ninth round. Yeah, that, that was nice. Um, injury is always a factor with him. Does it scare you at all? No. Not really. Just Not, not over here with these go people with the that he's going around. No. Demarius Tommy co- comes in as our 16th quarterback. Uh, Wide receiver. He's, he's not a quarterback? quarterback? Uh, 18. 
18 for Jason, 14 for Michael, and 19 for me. I'm a bit higher than you guys on DT, I guess. So why are you a little bit higher? Uh, he's in a great situation. Last time he had viable quarterback play. He produced 1,300 yards and six touchdowns. He did that basically two years in a row with Peyton Manning, and I know Case Keenum is not Peyton Manning, but he's also not Brock Osweiler or Paxton Lynch. And DT is, it's not like he's ridiculously old. He's still uh, in the prime of his career. Uh, I think he could easily reach 1,150 yards-ish and seven or so touchdowns. That's a number one there. Keenum, I mean, Keenum produced, you saw what he did with Thielen and Diggs last year. It's not like Keenum can't produce top-end wide receivers. You could argue that more receivers. the Diggs guy and uh, Sanders more the Thielen guy. Eh. They got Cortland Sutton now there, too. That's Sanders why is playing the slot so far in the preseason. There's a there's a couple there's a couple of worrisome things about Demarius Thomas, but if he's my wide receiver two, I love that he's consistent. He finished as a wide receiver wide receiver three or better eleven times last year. Same as Julio Jones. Um, he's born on December twenty fifth. He's going to be turning thirty one. A shout out to the Christmas babies out there. You know what I'm saying? Damn, so he's getting up there in age, which is also concerning. Not but super old, though. Like I, for a wide receiver, it's more concerning for a running back. No, that didn't make me. That surprised me because it made me feel old. Huh. The Mary Thomas <laughs> is 31 already. Well, you have to. Any skill position, when you turn in your 30s, you're going to have to start questioning it. And they have Cortland Sutton, who has been looking really, really good. So it just concerns me. Now, I'm hoping, and I think that. Demarius Thomas's play will be elevated because Court, Cortland Sutton is kind of nipping at his heels. But you never know. He could take over that role. And that's what scares me about both him and Emmanuel Sanders this year is that uh, Cortland Sutton is waiting in the wings. I really like Cortland Sutton, but I don't think he has, like, an immediate impact. Like, you remember when they, they were saying about it? he's better than this guy. I was going to say Cody Latimer. Like, when Cody Latimer came, they were saying the same thing about him stealing opportunity from them. Sutton is better than Cody Latimer. But Sutton is still pretty raw. He's just uh, he's he's going up and getting it against guys. He's not really running crisp routes and things of that sort. So I think it's going to take him still some time to get acclimated into the offense. And I, I think DT is a solid solid spot this year. After DT, we have Golden Tate as a 17th overall. Jason has a 19. Michael 18. I'm the highest on Golden Tate at 15. Um, I'm going to start this one off. I think Golden Tate is exactly what you're looking for in, in a wide receiver, too. He's consistent. In the last four years, he's averaged 132 targets and 93 receptions. Uh, I think a lot of the times people are scared of Golden Tate because they think of him as like a guy who's going to be solid for you, but he's not going to get you that those big games. Uh, he finishes a wide receiver one five times last season. He's been as high as the third wide receiver overall. That's someone who's getting you big games. The Lions made some major changes on their O-line. PFF has them up from to 8 from 19th last year. Um, I think more opportunity equals more time for Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is my dark horse MVP pick this year. I think that all of his offensive weapons are going to uh, benefit from him having more time in the pocket. Yeah, Golden Tate basically replicated his 2016 season and his 2017 season. The yards were only seventy yards off. Only had one. He had one more reception and one more touchdown. So I mean, you know exactly where you're gonna get from Golden Tate. He he's gonna get you a thousand yards, four to six touchdowns, and ninety receptions. Half PPR league. The receptions help. He's gonna be a very solid 
Wide receiver two, as always. Perfect fit in the wide receiver two spot. Shward. Um, Larry Fitzgerald comes in next. I have him at 14. I'm way higher uh, than you guys. You have him at 19 and 20. Uh, is it the age that's scaring you? I think it's the age and the switch of coaches. Uh, Bruce Arians moved them into the slot where uh, Bruce Arians was in Pittsburgh with Heinz Ward in the slot. Gave Larry Fitzgerald a similar role. So you kn- you knew that that role was going to be productive. And now Bruce Arians is out of there. And Larry Fitzgerald's kind of old. Got a new quarterback. Carson Palmer's not there anymore. So he has to get a rapport with the young guys or Sam Bradford. I don't love the situation this year. And I know he's the by default wide receiver one. But for me, basically, it's all about age. Because, well, he's 34, 35 now. 34, mm-hmm. I think. And, listen, I wasn't on the Fitzgerald bandwagon two years ago. I wasn't on it last year. I don't even think I was on it three years ago. He's been proving me wrong every time. But at some point, the age is going to have to get to him. And he's 34 years old. I don't see him having, like, the huge season that he's been having. Uh, the quarterback position there is a, is a question mark. So, I mean... He's a solid wide receiver, too, in my eyes. I don't think he's going to be as good as he's been the past few years just because age is going to have to get to him at some point. Who's catching touchdowns for the Cardinals? Ricky Seals. Ricky Seals. Ricky Seals. On Christian the Kirk. Christian Kirk is a small guy. Larry Fitzgerald, but Larry Fitz has never been the red zone guy there, really. Not recently, once once he got older and transitioned into the slot. David Johnson, all the touchdowns. I mean, I'm cool with that. <laughs> look, look. Yes, he is over 30. But he's caught 100 balls each of the years that he's been over 30. Like I think that I'm not counting him out until he's out. He's out. And I think he has a chance to succeed. Look, Sam Bradford was the most accurate quarterback in the history of football two years ago. You can't act like Sam Bradford some sort of scrub. Is he hurt a lot? Yeah. But when he plays, he's going to be good. And yeah, Josh Rose, if Josh Rosen comes in, then I have some doubt because he has a nice rapport with Christian Kirk. Um, but... <coughs> Larry Fitzgerald has proven time and time again that he's a chameleon, that he could do whatever the coaches ask him to, whatever he wants. So that's why I'm here. Uh, the next guy, r- number 19 on our big board, is Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju won that beat. Uh, Michael and I have him at 20. Jason has him at 16. Jason, why do you love you some Juju? You know what's funny? I was listening to your guys' podcast, and I was like, oh, they're pretty high on Juju, a little higher than me. And then we did these rankings, and I have them higher than both of you. I don't understand what happened. Uh, I was a little weary of it, but then I saw what he did in the preseason and just solidified what he did last year. And then I thought to myself, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is good enough to support two wide receivers. Why am I questioning this? Juju's a very talented player. You're questioning it because he's only supported a top two top 16 wide receivers twice in his entire career. I mean, I have Schuster at 16, so I guess it works out. Well, there you go. Uh, I mean, last season... Where did he end in the 20s? 22. Yeah, yeah, and he barely played in the beginning of the season. He was 51st in targets, and he finished as wide receiver 22. Yeah, yeah. he was There's he was no, dynamic. There's no reason to think he's not going to get more work this year. I do think there's a reason. That reason is James Washington. No. Why? No. James Washington that's is... That's not the role he plays. But James... Wa- what do you mean? They play separate positions. That's true, but that's another person. Are you, who are you more scared of, James Washington, or are you scared of Sammy Coates? Well, Martavis Bryant was the guy last year, and that didn't work out. Well, Martavis was more in the juju role. 
I'm not scared of James Washington. I uh, I think for me, if I'm looking at a guy who was 50, 51st in the NFL in targets, I kind of want to stay away from but him. But that's also but, because he wasn't really a part of the offense in the beginning of the season. I know he was hyper-efficient last year. Too much. Too efficient. But his a little bit opportunities are going to go up. Yeah. I don't know if that's a guarantee. I don't know if it's a guarantee those opportunities go up. That's a, there's a lot of mouths if he's in that offense. You have Antonio Brown, who you know is getting f- at least 10 looks a game. You know Le'Veon Bell's getting at least 30 looks a game. That's 40 looks a game. Minimum. Gone. And then you got James Washington. You got Jesse James. You got Vance McDonald. And then well, Juju. Now, I'm not saying Juju's going to get less than those guys, but I just there's only so many balls you could throw. And but, what happens if Antonio Brown, he always misses... He doesn't always, but he always seems to get... If Antonio Brown misses any time, Juju Schuster during those weeks is wise for one. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. But, I mean... Probably top five. But I'm not talking about that. I don't think you got to worry about the targets, man. James, James, I don't think James Washington is going to have as big a role as you think. Maybe in the red zone, but Juju's not really a red zone type of guy anyways. I'm not even saying James Washington is the reason why I don't like Juju. I'm just saying there's more options against Juju this year than there was last year because of James Washington. You could say that, but you could also say that Juju didn't have the role that he's going to have this year as he did last year until like week 14. Next up after Juju is Josh Gordon. Uh, Me and Jason have him at number 17. Michael has him at number 22. Jason, uh, you are high on him. You think he's a wide receiver too. For me... I just like there's so many questions that surround him that this is definitely on the high side for me, but I think he has wide receiver one potential. Um, Jason, why do you have him ranked up here? Uh, I mean, I just want to say this was before Hugh Jackson decided he was more of an asshole than he already is today. He said Josh Gordon's not even going to start week one, even if he's healthy. I mean, they say that. Yeah. Dude, if he doesn't start and isn't in the second play, I tweeted this from Brodo, Hugh Jackson has to be fired right away. He should have been fired. This dude's a waste. They're going to draw packages up just for him. But, exactly. I mean, he came back from... It's a We're beating the same drum here, but he came back three years later and was looked like a number one receiver. It's insane. Like, he just... An athletic freak. He was born to be an NFL wide receiver. And if you can get him in the fifth round instead of... A boring guy like Larry Fitzgerald, I'm taking the shot because Josh Gordon has wide receiver one overall potential. Taking that's crazy. What? Taking Josh Gordon over Fitz. That's just nuts. That's how you win chips, kid. It depends on what my team looks like, but I think I would consider doing it. Like a, a lot of these rankings that I put, I try and think of it as like who would I draft here? But when you're in a draft, a lot of who you're drafting depends on what your team looks like. So I mean Technically, I'll take Fitzgerald over him, but if I had two safe receivers and I was going for... If you get a bunch of safe guys, let's say you have the 12th pick. You get Melgo, Hunt, DT, Tate, Josh Gordon. Yeah, I'm taking Josh Gordon in that scenario. Why are you taking DT and Tate when Fitzgerald's there? (laughs) (laughs) That was the point. (laughs) Next up on our list is Marquise Goodwin. Marquise Goodwin, a guy, for not for nothing... I have been singing his praises since when he was being drafted in the 10th round. A lot of other people are singing his praises now because he shot up draft boards all the way to the 5th, 6th round. Michael, you have him as the 17th receiver. As of right now, you are the highest on him. 
Jason, you're at 22. I'm actually the lowest on him out of all of us at 25. I think his ADP just got too high. Um, what worries me about him is the touchdowns. Um, he's going to be the number one receiver. He's going to get a lot of targets. But I'm worried about the touchdowns. He it, it, it caps his ceiling, and it makes him, if he's playing a number one receiver that can shut him down, that can run with him, he's going to have some problems. But if he's the number one, and he's a burner, obviously. He was a track star. So even if he catches a couple long touchdowns, he he can end the year with twelve hundred and four, and that exactly. Be, I was gonna say that's exactly. I was gonna say he could easily, not easily, easily. He's a I shouldn't say easily, but he can have an Adam Thielen esque season where he has twelve hundred fifty, thirteen hundred yards, and four touchdowns, which is wide receiver top twelve wide receiver numbers, or a Golden Tate esque season, a thousand yards and five six touchdowns, and he's a solid wide receiver too. Uh. I think Golden Tate is is Marquise Goodwin's floor ish this year. Interesting, because I don't think Pierre Garcon is gonna steal targets away from him much. Pierre Garcon is gonna he's gonna end up getting hurt. He always does end up getting hurt. Now, how old is he? He's thirty something. He hasn't. People keep asking, keep talking about Pierre Garcon as a threat, as if he's been a big part of an offense for a full season any time in the past like four years. It just hasn't happened. He's 32, just He's turned 32, 32 this yeah. August. And now they got McKinnon in the backfield. It's another year of the Kyle Shanahan offense where we saw Marquise go to an Excel last year when he was given the opportunity. I just I th- I expect him to be targeted early and often. Maybe even reach 90, 100 receptions this year. Marvin Jones is next on our list. Jason and I have him at 22 and 21, respectively. There Michael... Has him at 28. I respectfully. Know. You actually so, got that mixed up. If you did it respectively, you gave him my ranking to you. So just quit the respectively. You, you struggle sh- with the respectively talk. No, huh? I don't. It's respectively. No, but you... You messed it up. <laughs> you said respectively his number, then your number, but you said your name. No, I his didn't. Name. Yeah, I did. didn't. I think you did. No, I, I didn't. We'll run this back. I disagree. Anyway, now that we've had an English lesson, <laughs> Marvin Jones is being taken by Jason at 21. Um, I like Marvin Jones here, too. I think that all the things I said about Golden Tate just make them for Jones, and he's the deep threat. So I think the more time that uh, Stafford stays in the pocket, the more time that Jones has to get open. And Stafford is someone who's going to take three or four shots downfield per game. He's never been known as a dink and dunker, so I think that Marvin Jones is in for a good year. Jason, I mean, I know, Michael, you say that Kenny Galladay might get in the way of his targets. Yeah. Uh, no. No. My goodness, no. I'm tired of hearing about Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay what makes had you think? an effect on Marvin Jones last year. He had an effect on Marvin Jones last year. Marvin Jones was significantly worse with Kenny Galladay on the field. I want to say significantly worse, but he was not the wide receiver one that he was. He was a wide receiver three. I I should have the numbers, but I I have a picture of it somewhere. I got to find it. But that's just the case. And Kenny Galladay is a beast. He's a he's a huge. He's huge. He's athletic. He makes big catches, and he's just going to be used more and more. There's no reason not to use him in that offense. The Lions run three wide receiver sets more than any other team in the league. I expect him to bite into Marvin Jones's uh, if he stays healthy to bite into Marvin Jones's. Uh, role this Work. year. Brandon Cooks comes in as the 23rd wide receiver on our list. Jason has him at 26. Michael at 26. I have him at 21. Um, I think that Brandon Cooks is the perfect wide receiver too to pair with a guy like Antonio Brown 
or a guy like uh, DeAndre Hopkins, one of the major studs in the first or second round. I, I think that Brandon Cook's career has always been the same. You're going to get some peaks. You're going to get some valleys. But at the end of the day, you're going to have yourself a wide receiver that put together a year that you're going to be happy with. Um, I think you don't give him all that money in L.A. unless you're planning to use him, especially because he fills a void that they needed to be filled last year. Sammy Watkins was not the deep threat that they wanted him to be. Let me ask you one question. Yes. How many targets do you foresee coming his way? Uh, 60-65. Okay, that's, that's a crazy statement, by the way. I, you're, you're, that's really low. That's hold on, hold low. on. You're saying targets or catches? <laughs> targets. I would say 60, 65 catches. Okay. On like, I don't know, 90 <laughs> targets. Ridiculous. 60 targets, he's a bench player. No, yeah. Yeah. Because um, last season, three wide receivers that had less than 100 targets ended in the top 24. And seeing at least 100 targets for Brandon Cooks this year seems like a stretch. Okay. But the two guys that finished over him, Tyreek Hill... Juju Smith-Schuster, you guys have both ranked over him. Well, you don't know if it was Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill may have seen more. Juju Smith makes sense. But what was the question? The <laughs> question is, like, the, the, that's the exact argument that, that I was using against the guys that you said earlier. But I think Brandon Cooks has, isn't as dynamic as those players. I also think Robert Woods is the number one guy in that offense. So I don't think... I think, Brand, I think Robert Woods is... Uh, Production is going to go significantly down this year because of the arrival of Brandon Cooks. You don't pay nope. someone big money to be the number one receiver to not have him play the role of number one receiver. That's not the Sean McVay offense. It's not. Do you not remember a time when Sean McVay was calling passes for Deshaun Jackson? And? And Pierre Garçon? What do you, what do you mean? Those are it's guys not, but it's not who the Sean produce McVay. as number one wide receivers. Yeah, but you're saying that they, in they Sean McVay's offense. Yeah, but they don't just target one receiver. No, that's fine. So they that's brought in Brandon Cooks to to be the guy. That's not how the offense works. No, I'm saying that he's not. He's going to eat into Woods' production. I didn't. I didn't say anything about Brandon. I think Cooks. they could both eat. I don't know. I don't I know. I think Robert I think Woods, Woods eats know. more. Robert Woods was a beast last year for weeks before he got hurt. I I don't see it personally. I like Cooper Cup. Uh, we'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, Alshon Jeffrey is our 24th receiver. He would be much higher if it wasn't for the injury. If he ends up on the pup list, I think we we all going to drop him a little bit lower than this. Yeah, yeah but for then sure. if he doesn't end up on the pup list, getting him this late could be a league winner. Yeah. It could be. I had him as a low-end wide receiver one, actually, to start the preseason, and then it just hasn't been great since then. Who knows when he'll be able to play. The Eagles are just keeping everyone up in the air. Same with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was not cleared for contact, but they're still saying he might be able to play week one. He won't. I don't, yeah, I don't see how that's possible. Uh, it's all about health for Jeffrey. Apparently, they're even saying Alshon Jeffrey might have played all of last season with a messed up shoulder, which would like a torn shoulder, rotator cuff or something, which would be absolutely nuts. So, I mean, it's it's honestly a toss-up right now. Similar, he's like the Josh Gordon light version injury-wise. Like Josh Gordon, you kind of have no idea what's going on. Alshon Jeffrey's kind of like you have no idea what's going on either. So he's like the less riskier version than Josh Gordon, I'd say. They're both risks, though. I I didn't like Alshon. I wouldn't say I didn't like him, but I liked him less than a lot of people because last year he had trouble getting separation. Still one of the better uh, contested ball catchers in the league this year. But he has health problems. I'm staying away from Alshon Jeffrey. But if you can get him in a in a quality spot, 
I mean, that he could be a steal. Um, so next up is a guy that so I have him oh, Amari Cooper. I'm just, what are you taking my role? What are you doing? <laughs> I <'cause, laughs> I just you want to be Timmy? What's going on? I think Timmy. I think I'm like, Jason's struggling is a loss to speak words. about Amari no, Cooper. Yeah, I don't know what's going because on. I'm so because I hate that I drafted him. I just had to jump in because I hate that I put him here. Amari Cooper, by the way, is our. Is our next player. Jason has him the highest of all of us at 23. This is why I hate it. Michael has him at 25. I'm at 27 for an average of an even 25th in our rankings. I mean, someone has to catch the ball in Oakland, right? And even when he sucked last year, last year was like worst case scenario year. He was still, what, a wide receiver two? So I guess you have to rank him here. I'm not drafting him, but... Amari Jason Cooper needs a coffee or something. Like, he's Amari like, he's like, an he got, like dazed by Amari Cooper. He's I an mean, anomaly. Uh, I'm not a fan of the Oakland offense at all, really, going into the season. Amari Cooper struggled a lot last year, as everyone saw. But he did have two great seasons before that. He's going to be fed I wouldn't a lot. say great. For, he had a good season. Two he had solid all seasons. right seasons. All of his seasons did not match his ADP. Yeah, I'm... Um, not reaching for him this year. He's going in the early to mid third round, which is ridiculous. Uh, I have him as my twenty sixth receiver. I twenty fifth, excuse me. I don't see how he ends higher than the twentieth receiver. I just don't see it. So that is our top twenty five consensus. Is there anyone else that you guys would like to mention to take a chance on? I'm gonna take. I'm gonna mention a couple guys before you guys go. Cooper Cup is someone I'm really high on this year. He was fourth overall in red zone targets in the entire NFL last year. He got 94 total targets, 869 yards out of the slot. The slot is a spot that in a McVay offense is used a lot. Um, There's seven red zone TDs that Sammy Watkins is giving up that are up for grabs. Cooper Cup was the red zone favorite last year. He will be the red zone favorite again, and now there'll be even more opportunities. Uh, unless Robert Woods takes on that role, which he never really has taken on in his life, uh, I see Cooper Cup as their favorite red zone target, and I could see him finishing with seven to on the highest side, ten TDs this year. Just I can't I can't get on the cup. He also the dropped too many passes last year. I think Cooks hurts Cup more than he he does Woods. I just don't see Cup getting targeted very often. Another guy I like is John Ross. I think that you got to go get yourself some John Ross. And I really like DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore is someone that you could start. I have him at 36. He's in my starting wide receivers way past the 56 and 52 marks that you guys have. I think that DJ Moore is going to play that Steve Smith role in Carolina uh, earlier than you'd expect. Uh, Michael, who are some guys that you're looking at? Uh, Love me some Robert Woods. Obviously, I have him ranked higher than you guys. Also, love me some Robbie Anderson. Mm. Got to stick with the Robbies. I think we're we're both we're all on the Robbie Anderson train. Yeah, he's just he's just being discounted way too much for what he did last year. He was a wide receiver one basically, and uh, Sam Darnold is looking pretty damn good so far. And also, me and Jason are going to agree on this one. Your ranking is absolutely absurd. IMO, Keelan Cole. Oh, there he is. That was my guy. Jason has, a, Jason has him excuse me, at 29. I have him at 36. You have him all the way down, dwindling low at number 60. I just don't think that any Jacksonville receiver is going to get enough targets to be. That's crazy. That's Why crazy. is it crazy? Last year, Marquise Lee was serviceable. I think they'll all be serviceable. Was serviceable. I don't. Didi was serviceable. All serviceable. None of them wide receiver threes. 
Keelan Cole was a wide receiver. Keelan Cole was one for the last four weeks. For the last four weeks. Yeah, combined. Sure. The last four weeks. Yeah. Why is that a bad thing? It's a bad thing because there's there's not enough. There's too many mouths to feed in that offense. Not anymore. Keelan Cole. Dante Moncrief. DJ Chark. Keelan Cole destroyed first team reps. Keelan Cole more fantasy points than Cooper Cup. Oh, that's an easy one. Yes. 100%. Oh yeah. Please. Oh one. yeah. Easy. I'm one. in on this too. All right. I'm gonna end it off with. I'm gonna. Man, flip I can't. It around I can't wait to win these bets. Oh yeah. Because I'm because it's gonna be so nice because you guys are so cocky about it. <laughs> it's so easy. That's that's what's the best it's part like about it. Like taking candy from a baby kid. Yeah. Good luck, Blake some, Bortles. Rub some baby oil on that head. Yeah. Blake Bortles <laughs> on gonna, a run uh, first offense. Congratulations. You played yourself. Last year at the end of the season, it wasn't run first offense, and Keelan Cole was the beneficiary. But I'm going to swap it around here since Michael talked about Cole, the guy I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about the guy that I have ranked. He is not in our top 25 because of me because I have him ranked at 37. That's Jarvis Landry. Uh, Listen, he's been a volume-based receiver his entire life. Last season, he had, what, 1,000 yards and six touchdowns or something. He needs targets to put up numbers, and if you even take away 25% of his targets on a new team, where he's not fed as much, then his numbers are going to drop. They're going to drop down to 800, 900 yards, three, four touchdowns. That's a useless player. I genuinely believe Jarvis Landry will be on waivers at right. some point in the season. That's I, I would have – I agreed with you more on that side before the preseason started, and then Jarvis Landry has just been thrown to But Josh Gordon hasn't been on the field either. It's yeah. basically been You're the gonna same You're going to throw fades to Jarvis Landry when Josh Gordon's on the field? But they, they got rid of Corey Coleman, too. I thought Corey Coleman might have eaten some targets. That's not happening. Antonio Callaway's not eating targets. Like, it's just, it's literally only Gordon and Landry. And if Gordon's not going to play, like Hugh Jackson said. Plus, he's a leader on that squad. I just think, I think that if you're down on Landry, fine. But I think you're going a little crazy when you said he's going to be on waivers. It's a little nuts. Like, you're you're going a little crazy. It's a little loco. I like loco. Before we leave, Mike Williams. Go scoop that guy up. Tyrell Williams. Ten touchdowns. Ten touchdowns. Ten. Remember where I said it. Jason, where can they find you? At Jason Petrop. Michael? At Mike underscore Petrop. At Tim Petrop on all social media outlets, but only feeling real, real, real frisky. Join us again tomorrow for the quarterbacks and tight ends. Oh, yeah.